What happens when you have an average GPA, your minority wanting to get into a white dominated industry, and you come from a non-target school? Oh, and on top of all of that, you want to get into an industry that has more gatekeepers than SpongeBob trying to get his boating license. Welcome to Declassified College, and in this episode, we're dissecting how one student went against all odds and found an internship in not only one of the hardest industries to break into, but also at one of the top companies in that industry. Choose your fighter. Fight. I'm Justin Wynn, and in each episode, we will unlock a cheat code to help you navigate college so that by the time you walk across that stage, shake your president's hand, and grab your diploma, you have a job. College is a game. If you don't learn how to play it, it's going to play you. Our next guest didn't go to a target school or even have a 4.0 while in college. She just graduated from CUNY Brooklyn College and found a way to break into the music industry. She founded an organization called Hashtag The Next Step, which is all about creating a community of students across the nation that are interested in building their network horizontally and gaining the insights for the next step in their career. If you want to learn more about the hashtag next step, definitely check out all the links that we'll have in the show notes. But to bring everything back to Deandra and the entertainment industry, she's been able to work at places such as BET, Team Epiphany, and Atlantic Records, just to name a few. To put it into perspective, getting a job in the music industry at a top firm is like trying to break into the big four for accounting and consulting, trying to land a job in investment banking and private equity or becoming a professional athlete. It's not easy, and as a minority, it can almost be impossible. The only way to do it is to start as soon as you can and leverage every piece of your story as possible. So I needed to know where Deandra felt that she was on her loading bar. I think I'm probably right now at the 50% mark. I would say that because once you graduate from undergrad, you kind of already, you're already at like, I would say like at your close to 50%. Because like half of it is already done. The hard work is already over. However, I do feel that while I've been blessed to have many opportunities, um, there's still a lot of work for me to do, especially in the entertainment and media space that I'm looking to do. So definitely I'm at a 50%. 50% is one of the highest that we've heard on the show. But I totally get where Deandra is coming from. If you put in the work during college, you're basically halfway through your professional life. Deandra likes to think of it like we're all different types of guinea pigs in college. I think college kind of creates a model where we are kind of guinea pigs running a race. And, you know, there's like different types of guinea pigs. They're the guinea pigs that always do everything right and that they finish with flying colors. But then at the end, um, they're struggling just like everyone else to try to find a position and job. Then you have like more of the wonderless guinea pigs that kind of, you know, run off and do their own thing in the corner. And everyone's like, what are you you doing? And, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I'll just let them do what they need to do. And then I think we have those who are more creative. And I'd like to say that I fall into one of those guinea pigs in uh, how I took my college career. I didn't necessarily go in in the traditional sense. I wasn't always a student that got straight A's and I wasn't always a student that did everything right. But I did things that I was very passionate about. And that passion really led me to a better place and feeling more whole after I graduated than me feeling more secure in a job or internship that I landed after I graduated. So to all my guinea pigs out there, try to be (laughs) 
you know, find your passion throughout college because I think that matters more than, you know, what your transcripts look like at the end of the day. So I want to caveat what DeAndre just said. I think finding your passion is extremely important as we've seen in this episode as well as the previous one with Hansen. But the tricky part here is making sure that you know how to find the role within that passion. Let's say you love cats. That's amazing, but it won't ever lead you into a job unless you figure out a way to combine that passion with a job. And I think that's where a lot of students fall into the hole. They find out what they love, but not the job where they can do what they love. So now comes that tricky part for Deandra because she knows that she wants to work in music, but as a black female coming from a non-target school, the odds were stacked against her. But here's how instead of looking at it as a disadvantage, she used it to her advantage in her initial conversations. You know, not going to a target school, I didn't know even what corporate internships looked like. I didn't know nobody doing any of those things. It was really just law, social justice focus, you know, law enforcement, all of those things. There was a period after I graduated and it was just like, okay, what should I do? I was very frantic because I didn't know what the future held. But also, um, I realized that it kind of gave me an advantage. An advantage because I kind of used that as an intro for people that I would speak to to have informationals at different companies. And what really helped was that um, because I went to a non-target school and things, and when I was reaching out to recruiters, most of the time recruiters like to boast that they're looking for diverse students. But a lot of the time, students who Black students who don't attend HBCUs usually get left out of that conversation. And that's kind of where I left and I was in limbo. So I'd always kind of use this in uh, the intro when I would you know, talk to recruiters. Hey, I'm a diverse candidate. I may not go to the target school that you're looking for, but I see that you have uh, an internship program that I'm interested in. How can I speak to you or how can we create a liaison so that um, my school can kind of be like one of those schools that you could look at for talent? Now, when it comes to diversity, there are numerous ways that companies look to be diverse other than just skin color. And what I've noticed from all of the conversations on this podcast is that the most successful students, they usually know how to do one thing. They're all really good at Googling niche topics to find things like scholarships, clubs, and in this case, companies that recruit for diverse purposes. Here are some examples from Deandra. You know, it's interesting because this was prior to 2020 and everyone being like diversity being such a buzzword. Um, But diversity can mean so many different things. It could be diversity in sexuality. It could be diversity in thought, diversity in where you come from. When you are first generation, um, you know, coming from an underrepresented background and, you know, what you study, all of those things add value to whatever company that you're looking to seek. And I was making sure that I was very strategic. Like, I think all students, when they're looking for internship and career opportunities, really looking at the core values of a company and seeing what they uphold. So if diversity is one of them, leading with that, you should feel confident in saying, like, this is what I bring to the table. Because if a company is putting on their, you know, their values, that diversity is one of those things that they're looking for use that. And even opportunities that may only be specifically targeted for um, like, for example, HBCU schools, you can see how you could finagle your way in there. Like, for example, Spotify, they did a um, they did an opportunity that was only open for HBCU students. But there was a caveat that said HSI institutions, which means Hispanic serving institutions. And a lot of city universities throughout the country actually fall under that category. And a lot of students are missing out on opportunities because they don't know what those acronyms mean. 
What about some specific examples for the entertainment industry? So I would say for any students who are interested in the media entertainment space, T. Howard Foundation is really great. IRTS, uh, Girl Wonder, um, E. I think there's another one for H, uh, HBCU students. It's called HBCU in LA, and they actually will pay for your housing and an internship for you to be in LA. So there's many different opportunity programs that are there for students. And I would say if you are looking for them, start with that on Google, just typing in equal opportunity programs for college students. And, you know, the opportunities are endless, no matter what industry that you're interested in. So let's say you attend a small school. Sometimes your dream company doesn't recruit at your school, but they might recruit at the school that is an hour away. Your dream company is so close, yet they're so far. So how do you get to them? You sneak in. I try to sneak in, trust me. Um, But that's a story for another day. I I definitely went on Columbia's campus to try to speak to a Viacom recruiter. I didn't get in, but I ended up internshipping anyways the following year. So it was a funny journey to see how that kind of all works out. Now, this strategy doesn't always work out on the surface, but if you're savvy enough, you can turn that rejection at the door into a win. There was a a college fair actually going on at Baruch, which is another city university. I missed it. I believe Twitter came to their campus, but I was asking students outside, like, oh, what was the recruiter who was there? Like, if there were any diversity recruiters, give me their email. I end up emailing him like, hey, missed you at the career fair. Couldn't make it, but is there a way for us to connect? So that's another way that, you know, people can finesse to once you get those emails, you go to a CUNY school or a SUNY school, you know, still try to hit them up and, you know, be like, oh, you know, I missed you, but I would still love to, you know, set up that conversation. Email. It always comes down to email, right? Here are some of the tools that Deandra uses to find and track her emails. So I have a couple of things that I use. I definitely have a tracking system on my email so I can see when people open them up. I think that's very important because, you know, as students, we can get a little anxious to see whether or not people have received our emails. Also, I use a lot of tools to help me find company emails, like Rocket Reach is something that I use to find people's emails from different companies if someone doesn't give it to me. So that always helps. So we've covered a lot so far. Leveraging whatever you can from a diversity standpoint to start conversations, sneaking into events to get recruiters' names and emails, and how to find those emails and track them to make sure that people are reading them. But how did Deandra use all of this to get her first ever internship at Atlantic Records? My very, very first media entertainment um, internship was at Atlantic Records. Like, go figure, right? One of the biggest record labels in the world under Warner Music. And like, how did I end up there? I, like I said, had no media experience prior. I did not know anyone in the company and no one knew me. And I ended up interning for the CEO's office. Uh, And basically how I was able to get that internship was actually through a program that I did. And I reached out that way. So through the program and why I tell a lot of students you should do immersion programs where you can at least do an office visit. Um, because companies like Warner Music, well, at least in New York, um, that building has so many different companies, you know, like Turner, Bleacher Report, they're all in the same building. I went on an office visit there, we visited the company. And um, when I was there, I noticed that for, um, they were mentioning like their internship opportunities. And I remember I applied and I already got an automatic reply telling me that I was not accepted into the program. So I pulled the assistant actually to the CEO aside and I was asking her like, okay, 
um, I know that you guys are looking for interns and I would be really interested in doing that. And I don't really have much experience. Um, what are some like ways that I could stand out for me, for you to consider me for like an internship role? And she was saying like, well, one of our previous interns actually made us a playlist and she got our internship on the spot. In my head, I'm like, I do not know how to make playlists. So what am I going to say to this lady? And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to email her and I'm going to, um, I like modeled my resume kind of looking like uh, with the colors of the Atlantic Records label to make sure that it kind of fit like the company's fit. And I basically just had like a five sentence elevator pitch and I sent it over to her and I was just like, hey, I remember we spoke at the office and I may not know how to do a playlist, but I am good at these other things. And I listed them out to her. I made sure to always end off with why I would be a great fit and infusing something about the company's culture in particular, and that I mentioned a personal fact about her. I think it's really important to be relatable and personable to the person that you're speaking to because it makes it more than just, I'm looking to seek for an opportunity, but really like, I really want to learn under you. And sure enough, I got it. And I interned under the CEO's office at the time. The CEO is Craig Kalman. And I interned there for about like six months. And then uh, I loved it so much that I got the opportunity to actually intern again. So I was really at Atlantic for a full year. And I ended up transferring in their publicity department. Because once you're in, you're in. And you can milk that advantage. And I was speaking to everyone from legal to finance to publicity to marketing to video. um, And really just soaking up all of that, you know, being at a record label like Atlantic. And that's how you do it. Everyone else just applies. What are you doing differently and how are you standing out? Even though she didn't know how to make a playlist, she found a way to make sure that her resume was not only seen, but remembered. Now, Deandra shared that she loved the concept from Alex Benayan's book, The Third Door, and she recommends that every student read it. Here is how the main concept from the book breaks down. There are usually three lines to get into a famous nightclub. Imagine this nightclub as your job offer. Door number one, the line that everyone waits in that is wrapped around the corner. This is you just applying and waiting your turn. Door number two is if you're lucky and you're rich and famous, you get to skip the line. These are the kids who have family and friends within that company. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, unfortunately, this probably isn't you. Door number three is that person who finds the back door and bangs on it until someone lets them in. That's what you need to do to stand out to get a chance to get in touch with these large and famous companies. Find your point of leverage, find your third door, and keep on banging. Well, that's about it. I'm out. You're a beast for making it all the way to the end. Hope that you start using that cheat code that you learned today. All of our socials, websites, and newsletters are going to be linked below. So if you want to stay up to date on us or possibly be featured on an episode, check those out. But if you're going to do one thing, definitely hit that subscribe, follow, or whatever the button is labeled on your favorite podcasting platform to get these cheat codes three times a week. Until next time, peace.